Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 218th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revler Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? Honestly, Cameron, I don't really know yet. It's like six something in the morning. Yes. It might be approaching seven at this point, but I don't think I've lived enough day to really know <laughs> how the well, day is going. Well, then it should be great. Okay. Well, that's, maybe that's... So far, so good. That's a good way to look at it. Um, yeah. First thing in the morning... Fresh right slate. Here with the boys. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you go trick-or-treating this Halloween? No, I didn't. Did I go trick-or-treating? Yeah. No, I didn't. Did like, you have a happy Halloween? Uh, yeah. It was good. Um. Yeah, I feel like I've, I'm kind of like the Grinch of Halloween. At least the last couple of years, we haven't handed out candy, so wow, I know that'll that'll change someday. But just didn't just didn't happen this year. What about you? Um, Olivia, 13 months old, so she got to enjoy Halloween a little bit more this year. She went as a drummer, like a rock and roll drummer. It's a great costume. Mm. I I did see that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so. Uh, she's not eating candy yet, so we just took her to see grandparents and show off her costume, basically. She had, like, it. the fake tattoo sleeves. Yes. That was pretty cool. I tricked uh, one of my little brothers. He was looking at her costume, and I said, yeah, she cried a lot when we gave her the tattoos, <laughs> but it was worth it for the costume. And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, yeah, good Halloween. Uh, a little different with a baby. Not quite as much going on, but it's all right. Halloween, historically, my favorite holiday. All right, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about basketball a little bit, first games uh, this coming week, and we're going to talk about the big South Carolina win and Kentucky preview. Before we do all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review if you can. Support us on Patreon if you can, patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Let's jump into basketball. Um, the first thing I want to talk about was the SEC coaches uh, published their all SEC teams, preseason teams, and Kobe Brown, first team all SEC, according to the coaches. I think he was second team from the AP or something. I don't know. And uh, interestingly, Isaiah Mosley not found in any of the preseason teams that I've seen. So a little bit of a snub there, I think. Do you think that has anything to do with him just, like, coming from a small school? I guess. I don't know. I feel like it is that and the destination being Missouri, mm-hmm. I feel like, goes into it. Kobe was on the first team coaches. Yeah. Was a, yeah, it seems like a little bit of a familiarity thing for yeah. sure. Like. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say that every team is. They're trying to get representation from every team. Maybe they are. I don't know. And but when you think of Missouri basketball, the last like three seasons, mm-hmm. you're probably thinking of Kobe Brown for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I would definitely say Isaiah Mosley has a better shot at being on the uh, the postseason awards more so than the preseason one, just just because they haven't seen him yet. Um, if he transferred to Arkansas, though. I feel like, you know, one of the best scorers in mid-major going to a preseason top 10 team or whatever. Yeah, were there any of the Arkansas transfers or the freshmen or anything? Just the freshmen. Um, And obviously, like, Oscar Shibway and Sevier Wheeler were both first team. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, Tennessee had two guys on first team. 
So definitely uh, Kobe Brown look, looking like he's in good company there, but um, I would say he and Mosley both have a shot to make the postseason mm-hmm. list, I think. Speaking of Arkansas, did you hear they got beat by like 30 points uh, in a, like a preseason exhibition? Right, I, I did think, hear that. Was it Texas I yeah. think they played? Yeah. Texas is going to be, I think, a top yeah. five team all year. Yeah, Texas is really good, and Arkansas, I mean, they'll, I'm sure, get better as the season goes on just because of the makeup of their team, but it's still kind of nice to yeah. see them just getting destroyed early on. Although, <clears throat> maybe with that, they'll like uh, realize they're not as good as they thought mm. and bring everything together it's, earlier. It's, ooh. Uh, well, I don't like that. No. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they just like spiral out of control because they... <laughs> I feel like with them, honestly, it is... I don't, I don't see Arkansas being just like good unless they have like a pretty big transformation over the course of the year. I feel like they'll either be incredible or awful. Extremes, I think. I'll take my chances. Uh, but the basketball team has an exhibition game against Washington University tonight. It is currently Thursday morning. Uh, they're playing Washington University this evening. So that'll be fun. It is on SEC Network Plus streaming, I think. So maybe try to watch it. I'm going to try. I'll figure it out. (laughs) And then Monday night, they play Southern Indiana. Southern Indiana, it is their first year as a Division I basketball program. They're 258th in Kempom. This should be another tune-up game. Um I don't know. Not much to say about it, honestly. How many, how many teams are in Division One now? Do you is it like over three sixty? I can find out. It feels like there's been some new teams added, but uh, and to just immediately be in the two hundreds. Yeah, not bad. Three sixty three. Um, yeah, this is these first few games are way more about um, just kind of figuring out the rotation, figuring out how many guys are going to play regularly, and you know how they're going to make an impact and all that stuff. Um, I don't think we're going to see any kind of UMKC, UMKC situations here. Um, speaking of who's starting, um, Coach Gates was quoted as saying that he feels like they have eight players who are all starting caliber, and he thinks they are 11 to 12 guys deep on who can contribute. Well, that's kind of consistent, honestly, with what we've been thinking is like, I don't know it just kind of depends on maybe who they're playing or how he they said wanna... the starting lineup will change based on matchups. Yeah. So like that makes a lot of sense. Cause there's a lot of guys that I view kind of equally as far as how they can contribute just depending on who they're playing or how they want to roll it out. Yeah. Even, yeah. When we've been trying to figure out who's going to play and stuff, it's there's this group of bench players. Well, we've even said, yeah, there's like two guys that, our fringe starting caliber that we don't know if they're going to start and then there's another set of guys coming off the bench that who do you leave off like we wish we could give all these guys 10 minutes plus per game for sure but somebody's not going to be able to get the minutes yeah there's there's going to be which is is a good problem to have but you're going to have guys coming from you know star roles in a lower level that will not play very much yeah and in previous seasons that definitely would not have happened this is uh, these first few games every year. It's just fun seeing how the team moves the ball, like just seeing them all work together. I don't know. There's something different about it for me, the first few basketball games versus football, where I feel like with football, I kind of know, you know, they're going to run football plays. 
and with basketball it's such a fluid thing watching them play and you know it's just go 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 I don't know it's just more exciting for me looking at how that'll all come together and progress throughout the season so I'm excited anything else basketball thanks pretty much it happy to uh have like you said real basketball to watch and and kind of take stock of how everything looks and talk about it a lot <laughs> the next few months all right switching gears to football um, missouri had a huge win on the road top 25 south carolina missouri won 23 to 10 dominant performance by the defense offense held their own especially in the first half i was thrilled i mean and i think you can feel it this week i think the mizzou fan base is buzzing a little bit after this win and and i think we can all admit that south carolina is not one of the top 25 teams in the country but they were ranked 25th and going to their place and beating them i can't take anything away from missouri's performance yeah, I think we would have even agreed last week that South Carolina was kind of a fraudulent top 25 team for sure. But, um, man, it felt really good beating a team that felt like they had a lot of swagger, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of easy to diagnose like how they maybe weren't as good as they felt like they were, and we even said that last week. They hadn't really beaten anybody, and they kind of struggled against anyone decent they had played. But I still feel like that was a team that, you know, with a new quarterback and – some new talent injected into the team and uh, a coach that you know has a lot of energy and a little bit of ego um it felt really good to uh to come out of there like you said dominantly honestly it was never it never really seemed like missouri was not going to win that game yeah and south carolina was a team that we identified in the preseason as like a measuring stick type of team for missouri mm-hmm. and we said that's the type of team you have to beat if you want to you know be in the top half of at least the division mm-hmm. at the end of the season and so they're making progress towards that and i think missouri uh looking as good as they did in this game plus some of their close losses we've, we've won two in a row in sec play vanderbilt that was an ugly game this much uh, much better tasting uh win here against south carolina but it's still two in a row in a lot of momentum um I was going in the beginning of this game. I was honestly pretty pessimistic. Missouri went three and out and immediately was losing the field position battle. And I was like going to this place mentally where I was thinking, here we go. They're starting at the six yard line or whatever. And they're going to go three and out punt. Probably South Carolina is going to have the ball around the 50 yard line. And we're just going to slowly just lose the field position battle yep and inevitably south carolina will score with a short field and, and win we'll, 10 to 7 yeah <laughs> so that, then but then missouri completely proved me wrong and went 96 yards yeah. uh, for a touchdown that was an, an incredible drive 15 plays mm-hmm. and they set the tone there it was like we're here to play the offense was moving the ball all first half uh, brady cook ran in the touchdown they looked really good. Yeah, I feel like you know South Carolina is one of those teams where um, they do have talent and, and a little bit of swagger, but they, but if you come out hitting hitting them in the mouth, I feel like they fold, and that's kind of what happened in this game, especially after that drive. It was like that. I mean, it took so long. It was like a seven, almost seven minute drive, 
and uh, Missouri was running the ball well, and uh, offensive line was getting some push and stuff. And I felt like South Carolina was just like, uh, we're not getting up for this game today. Like, yeah. We're not doing this. And uh, that kind of just stayed that way throughout the game. But it felt like, you know, Missouri has – their offense has been really bad. Like we've talked about it all season. But it still felt like there was some regression um, that was in store, like positively, just based on, you know, the way that the defense has been playing and how close we've been in some of these really competitive games. It felt like eventually we're going to, you know, push through and win one of these games and not only win it, but play really well the whole game and, and really dominate a decent team. Yeah. So that was that was great to see here. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of went back to like pregame no, no, talk. No. Uh, yeah, I going into this game i was feeling like are we ever going to do that are we is this just going to be every game is a struggle and we're going to lose the toss-up games and Mm -hmm. like that's the way it had been going for so long Mm -hmm. so refreshing um talking about brady cook specifically he had that touchdown run on the first uh touchdown drive overall 17 of 26 passing for 224 yards no touchdowns more importantly no interceptions so that's the type of game that we need from him uh good ball security not not making he still made some huge plays in this game but you don't need to be throwing touchdown passes to have a huge impact and the bigger impact is not turning the ball over yeah honestly if the offense plays like this against Auburn we easily win and against Georgia even in that second half we might pull that out yeah so it, it it still you know wasn't incredible yeah it, they weren't putting up crazy numbers but they they were playing winning football and they they just did what they needed to do did their jobs he ran the ball really well all game too yeah he was and, making great reads um south carolina was basically daring him to take off and they were trying to lock down everything else and so when he had the opportunity he just took off for first down here and there had one big run in the second half um you mentioned making good reads that was even in the passing game he seemed to be going through his progressions well but there's a few times where he didn't even need to um like the first dominic lovett was open a lot and they got it to him in creative ways i was happy to see um of course brady cook got credit for those one foot passes in the mm-hmm. backfield and those were receiving yards for Lovett. so kind of inflated the stats a little bit but those two have a great connection and we have to keep keep that up yeah i mean dominic lovett is elite there's really no other way to to put it at this point and we i mean he's got to stay healthy for this offense to work but when he's out there he's just he's really really good has like almost 40 catches on the season already um i think he's second or third in the sec in receiving yards so yeah, he's been great. 45 receptions, 659 yards, and two touchdowns. Oh, wow. So, oh, that's right, because he had like 10. He was 10 for 10 in this game, yeah, I'm pretty sure. 10 receptions for 148 yards. And I think I think those were his stats at the end of the third quarter. Oh, okay. Um, there was one play in particular that I wanted to uh, mention. This was in the third quarter. Um, South Carolina had scored and kicked a field goal to make it 17 to 10. And... It was a pretty big drive for the Missouri offense, like needing to answer, and a touchdown maybe puts this away, but uh, got to have points. And Missouri had the ball around the thirty, their own thirty-five yard line. Brady Cook faked a sweep to Schrader, rolled out to his right on the run, threw a beautiful pass to Love It, mm-hmm. just 
perfectly in stride at the sideline. It's like it, I, that did not look like something no. we should have seen. I I actually was watched a replay of that play this morning and it w- looked so nice like the way Brady threw it like his body was just like in one continuous motion yes. like it just he looked so like this I mean he he looked like he wasn't calculating in his mind right. which is what he normally looks like he yep. looks a little robotic a little stiff this play he was just like just was feeling it yep and you're right they faked the pitch kind of going the opposite way to schrader and then they had i don't know who it was but someone was Lovett. running someone was running like a shallow route oh, though, oh yeah yeah just yeah. doing that classic little one yard pass yep. and i feel like the defense bit on that yep and love it got behind him yep. and yeah it's probably like a 30 yard play but it was beautiful yeah it looked like a nfl caliber throw mm-hmm. and like, like you mentioned just how smooth and everything mm. yeah he'd had a couple of deeper passes that were completed based on kind of some play action stuff that they were doing and maybe it just hasn't worked and I haven't noticed it this uh, this season but felt like this game it worked really well where they were kind of creating some confusion on fake handoffs and then just quickly getting the ball out for like deeper outs that worked several times well and I think South Carolina was making a concerted effort to stop the run they didn't do a very good job but that was kind of what they were trying to do yeah i mean they probably said beat us through the air yeah because that's something we haven't shown we can do right so then hitting them with the play action worked perfectly several times and uh missouri did get bailed out on one play that probably should have been an interception when uh through a deep ball to mookie cooper mm. um uh, that was probably a bad call that defensive pass interference but we'll take it uh, we've been on the other end of some of those um but overall uh brady cook looked really good and I can't complain about his performance at all, and he was helped a ton by the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Just night and day difference from the Vanderbilt game to this one. Yeah, They were making holes in the running game, protecting Cook well. Um, South Carolina had four tackles for loss all game. Uh, there was a new starter on the offensive line, um, the Oklahoma transfer. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. Endoma. EJ. Yeah. Endoma Ogar. He started. And uh, Coach Drinkwitz said that because he started against South Carolina last year, they were able to look at that and see the matchups and stuff, and they felt mm-hmm. comfortable putting him out there. And he said the offensive line had been struggling so much, they needed to make a change. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's obviously I know a lot of you guys listening to this follow recruiting and just kind of like – I know I've said this before, but just like watching the whole process like play out from – uh, even before you know pre-commitment and they commit and then uh, they have you kind of forget about them for a couple of years and then they show up making a difference on the field I feel like the offensive line was a great example of that where uh, Nodoma Ogar was in there and uh, Armand Nambu was in there and like just making a difference like early on really in their careers like earlier than you would expect them to make a difference and coming in there and elevating the level of play is just really exciting for you know people just Missouri fans in general but I know especially the guys that are recruiting junkies and it's just uh it's fun to see those guys finally make a difference and yeah the o-line was was noticeably different and a lot better this week yeah um we got to see it continue though i think south carolina's defense I, I mean south carolina did not look aside from the touchdown drive where spencer rattler ran the ball in that was the only time they looked like they had any fight whatsoever and now um 
Marshawn Lloyd getting hurt or being banged up and not he only had seven carries on the game that was pretty huge yeah because when he was running it he had some serious juice yeah he looked really good when he did have the ball and I could see you know him not being out there that's gonna affect South Carolina's offense not just like being able to move the ball but just like mentally thinking like okay we're in a hole and now we have to overcome our running back not being out here Mm -hmm. and Missouri's defense was incredible. Oh, I mean, yeah. we could talk about that for an hour probably. Um, let me let me before we get into the defense. So let me make sure. Uh, let's finish up the offense here. Cody Schrader, twenty-two carries for eighty-one yards and a touchdown. There was one stretch in the second half where I think he ran the ball like eight times in a row. Yeah, just and because they were trying to run some clock. Yeah. it was really late. I think it was like probably five or six minutes left in the game, but it was just. They knew exactly what we were doing, and it didn't matter. We yeah. were just getting like six or seven yards of carry. Yeah, he looked really good. Um, he finished off a drive with a one-yard touchdown early in the game. Um, Pretty much dominated the backfield, too. I mean, Elijah Young was in there some. but Only three carries th- for him. I don't him. think we saw Pete at all. No. And then um, going back to that big play um, in the third quarter, Cook to love it, that set up a Harrison Mevis 50-yard field goal attempt. Eddie barely snuck by the upright. Honestly, the video, like the angle on TV looked like he missed it. Oh, yeah. Um, and now this was after he'd already missed a 21-yarder, mm-hmm. but he had made a 19-yarder and then followed that up with a 32-yarder later. So three for four, not terrible. 50-yarder, love that. That's what he does, man. But he just nails the long ones. Some sucks. of those chip shots have been a little iffy. Yeah, a little scary. Yeah, the the one that he made that kind of snuck in there, I would have just bet everything I own that that missed. <laughs> yeah. I just was already like dejected about it. And the thirty-two yarder hit off the upright and still oh went in. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of the backfield too, they had um, they had Taj Butts in there doing kind of like fullback stuff. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, lead blocker for mm-hmm. sure. All right, now let's talk about the defense. Uh, Defense had 11 tackles for loss for the second game in a row. They had 11 against Vanderbilt and, again, 11 against South Carolina. And it honestly, I would have guessed that it was more like 15 before I looked at the stats because they were all over the place, in the backfield, every play. Uh, Spencer Rattler was having to get rid of the ball early. He was making bad throws because of the pressure pretty much all game. Mm Mm-hmm. They were fantastic. Defensive line stepped up, and the secondary was playing really good coverage, but also stepping up and making important tackles and just leaving no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, like everything was on point, um, like you said. Great tackling. They looked motivated all game. They they know their roles, like so literally the opposite of last year, yeah. where it's like all out of – everybody was out of their spots and nobody mm-hmm. knew what they were doing. This team, like, they clearly trust each other and their roles, and they know what they're supposed to be doing. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I just think that also just speaks to how Missouri has to win games a lot of the time, you know, with recruiting. They, I mean, they got, like, 21-year-old kids out there, you know, like, at this point, like, grown men playing on the D-line because those guys have been in the program, some of them, for a really long time with, like, you know, Darius Robinson or Isaiah McGuire. DJ Coleman is, you know, like a fifth-year senior or something like that. You know, they've got grown men out there. And it's starting to really show where those guys are just are just dominating pretty much any game they're in. Yeah, McGuire was the SEC defensive lineman of the week, and Ennis Rakestraw was a top ten uh, 
um, what's it called? Pro Football Focus mm-hmm. grade mm-hmm. for the week of all defensive players. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was only, I think, like three other defensive backs ahead of him in that list. Yeah, he's so top playing, five DB for the week. He's playing really well right now. And it just it makes such a big difference to have two great cornerbacks because I mean, honestly, teams are wanting to avoid throwing at Chris Abrams Jr. right now, and I don't blame him. Uh, the dude is really, really good, and he's going to be playing on Sunday soon. But So it's like, okay, well, I guess we'll throw it uh, this other guy, Rakestraw. Okay, turns out he's probably almost as good. So, yep. yeah, the, the defense is just elite at pretty much every level right now. And um, causing turnovers, uh, Spencer Rattler fumbled. Dalen Carnell picked up the, the fumble, and he's – He's just like the guy for making those plays. He, he just is. always – he's got a nose for the ball. And um, defensive back Norwood had the – basically the game-sealing interception um, at the towards the end of the fourth quarter. He had a good game. Yeah. I was just so impressed by the defense. And uh, apparently so was the uh, Mizzou administration because it sounds like there's – I don't know if – I think this is past the rumor stage because Coach Drinkwitz talked about it in his radio show. But – Apparently, any time now, it's going to be announced that they've signed Blake Baker to an extension, given him a raise. We'll see. Maybe, maybe his title will change a little bit. Maybe associate head coach or something. That'd be interesting. But uh, that's not a guarantee. But it seems like it. Coach Drinkwitz tweeted that, or he said in the radio show that Blake Baker is going to be our de- defensive coordinator for a long time. Yeah, that man. That makes me very, very happy because. Uh, I mean, he has every right to go get a better job, and if he wants to be a head coach, he'll have that opportunity after the season. So um, that made me really happy to know. And just because he signs an extension doesn't mean he's going to be here forever, but it makes it a lot harder for teams to come poach him. So that's just tremendous news. And to know that you know a great mind and um, someone who has clearly knows what he's doing and uh, a guy that the players trust, that's just it's great to have that. Yeah, after their performance against South Carolina, there was, uh, we were talking in discord about like, you know, locking him up long term mm-hmm. and like where he might be looking. And so I immediately was just like, okay, well, let's remind myself. Okay. He played at Tulane. I don't think they're going to have a new head coach anytime soon. I was trying to figure out like what schools are going to be after him. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I'm we glad shouldn't, it was Missouri. Yes. We shouldn't have to think about it. And if a team does want to, buy out his contract then that'll at least set Mizzou up nicely financially to be able to hire someone else uh let's see you mentioned Dalen Carnell this might be a little bit blasphemous but at this point um you know he and Martez Manuel play the same position like I think you could make an argument that he's almost maybe surpassed Martez at this point and maybe and has a much higher ceiling like the the dude is just he's the rising star of the defense man we've known that probably even since preseason but it's just amazing to see him really kind of live up to that the whole defense living up to um i'll never forget our excitement in the preseason uh, like talking through the defensive side of the ball going down the roster and thinking like these guys are going to be pretty good yeah and getting all excited and then realizing like oh yeah well it's still the sec and still everybody's good yeah but i'm glad to see that at least our, our intuitions there were on the right track or we got lucky yeah. because we, we, yeah. I mean, you look at every individual member and what they're capable of. And you're just thinking like, if they can just 
create some cohesion here, like they're going to be good. There's a lot of talent. And yeah, there was definitely a, like, did we take that too far? Yeah. <laughs> but they've I, been I even was better. scaring myself at the time. <laughs> they've been even better than we thought they were going to be. Yeah. And I think the, the difference between sort of my expectations and like why I was second guessing myself in the preseason versus now what we've actually seen is the defensive line. Because yeah. that was a question mark for me. I think I had that as the weakest uh, position group on the defense going into the season. And McGuire especially has really shown, you know, he's got the physical stats, the height, weight, athleticism is all there. Mm-hmm. And he just hadn't quite ever put it together with production on the field. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that every week right now yeah and i honestly feel like some of that could just be the guys around him like yeah. are making plays and so the defense can't key in on him but yeah i agree that they're all playing really well the uh they they lloyd still was looked good running the ball but um only had seven carries for 30 yards south carolina as a team ran the ball 23 times for 32 yards they had nothing going pretty bad and Spencer Rattler did everything he could, but, you know, Missouri basically said, okay, you're going to have to beat us, and he was nowhere near capable. He's one of the most bizarre stories in the last year or two of college football. Yeah. Just, like, what happened to that guy? Yeah, and it, and he's still super young. Like, yeah. he's got time to play several more seasons at South Carolina, or two more seasons at South Carolina and turn it around. Like, I don't think the book is written yet there yet unless they bail on him. So let's see here. That makes Missouri now four and four on the season. Um, right behind, let's see, two and three in conference. So they're right behind undefeated Georgia and Tennessee, tied with Kentucky and South Carolina for third in the SEC East. And here comes Kentucky coming to town. Missouri coming off two wins, looking like it's going to be a sellout. It is 11 a.m. kick, but that should be fine. Kentucky, are the, you called this in the preseason that you didn't think Kentucky was going to live up to the hype of like challenging Georgia for the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been pretty much exactly what I feel like the, I thought they would have been. Like They're good. They're solid. They've got some good pieces. Will Levis is a future NFL quarterback. Um, they're not bad, but I knew they – I really had a feeling they would not be elite or, you know, or push Georgia or anything like that. They started the season 4-0 with wins over Miami, Ohio, Florida, Youngstown State, and Northern Illinois. Then have gone 1-3 with losses to Ole Miss, South Carolina. They beat Mississippi State and then most recently got destroyed at Tennessee, 44-6. And uh, Will Levis was out. For the South Carolina game, at least. I can't remember if he missed any others, but he looked terrible against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, they scored six points and gave up 44. Everything looked terrible for Kentucky against yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee is, uh, I'm afraid, a national championship contender. Well, they're number one in the playoff rankings. Yes, they are. Big game this week. Yeah, that is, that's true. Um, I mean, a win over Mississippi State uh, just two weeks ago, you know, I, I definitely think Kentucky's still relevant. I don't think they've. They're, they're surrendering on the season or anything like that. Uh, maybe they will want to after this t- after that Tennessee game. I don't know. So we can hope they're capable of, of beating anybody really, unless they have like a super explosive offense. So um, yeah, they're they're still really really solid. 
Uh, Will Levis on the season uh, completing 68% of his passes for 1,700 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. Uh, the stats against Tennessee I wanted to <laughs> mention, 6 of 27, or sorry, 16 of 27 oh, okay. Still for bad. 98 yards, 0 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee obviously is explosive offensively, but I don't know that they were, like, hanging their hat on their defensive play by any stretch. So it's a li- that was a little surprising to uh, to see that Kentucky just couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, I can't explain it. That was bizarre performance. I heard Josh Heupel was getting looks for NFL. That's fine. That's fine. I see agree. ya. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, please <laughs> take him. <laughs> That's he has been great everywhere he's coached, man. Yeah, come coach the Panthers. I don't care. <laughs> but like, I'll just be rooting for the Panthers to just always pull the best like up and coming coach out of the SEC and just you know just yeah. to create a little chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Rodriguez still there. He's been there for like eight years. Uh, so far this year, he's got four hundred and sixty yards rushing and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he suspended the first four games. Yeah, so those numbers are actually pretty impressive for the fact that he hasn't played that much this year. Yeah, um, he's like, uh, I don't know, there's something that just like doesn't really scare you about him. Like, it's, he's not fast. Right. He just, I don't know, but he just he's good, though. He's a really good running back, and he's big. They've got two wide receivers to watch out for, Tavion Robinson and Barion Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robinson's been hurt a little bit. Um, he was questionable for the Tennessee game, but he played. And then Brown is just a, a freshman, so they're, you know, they're not world beaters, but they're good, and they'll, yeah. you know, make big plays. Really impressive for true freshman status, though. I mean, he's really, really good. He's going to be going to be elite, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can just kind of hope that whoever the next Kentucky quarterback is, maybe they don't like sync up perfectly on when they're peaking yeah i mean will levis has been a revelation for them yeah like a, in the transfer portal i mean he was everything they could have ever hoped for in getting somebody for for two years and then yeah sending them on to the nfl that worked out about as well as you could possibly hope for when you are in the transfer market yeah uh they do have a couple of good tight ends too especially jordan dingle i just wanted to say his name um so looking at how Missouri matches up with Kentucky, the way I kind of see this going is they're two very similar teams, honestly. I think Kentucky will have more success through the air, and I think Missouri will have more success on the ground. And I think both teams will be okay with that. And, But I think the defenses are both going to show up and make it a struggle for the offenses. I think it's going to be fairly low scoring. Um, and I do think it's a complete toss-up. Missouri at home, I love having the home field advantage here. This was a game in the preseason that I thought, oh, man, I kind of would rather have South Carolina at home. That seems like a more winnable game. I was c- kind of writing this game off as a loss early. Uh, did I pick this as a win preseason? I think you did. Mm. It you. It's clearly a toss-up right now. It is. Right? Like, yeah. we would be surprised if either team wins by double digits oh for sure yeah just based on the on the makeup yeah you 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 said it like missouri's strength is their defense kentucky's strength is their offense right now their defense is is decent but in early in the season their offense has shown to be kind of the strength will levis for sure 
Uh, I would put Missouri's defense really up against anybody at this point, except for maybe not Tennessee. But because and even that will be really interesting to see how yeah. Missouri's defense does. But uh, at this point, any like struggling offense, I feel like Missouri's defense has a chance to just completely dominate. So this could be kind of a low-scoring game, maybe. Um, we'll see. But Brady Cook's got to keep doing exactly what he did against South Carolina, just be good enough, uh, get into the hands of the playmakers, let the defense do what they do, and squeak by, maybe. I don't know. That seems like kind of a weird game plan. But I, I mean, in this game, just whatever's necessary. Just yeah. get by. Do you uh, – for me personally, when I see the plays like – when I see the end arounds and the um, horizontal passing be successful against a team, we've kind of touched on this before, but I always have this feeling deep down like that'll only work against teams we're supposed to beat. And, you know, those or teams with a defense that just can't keep up, not fast enough. And by default i have a feeling that that will not work against better defenses Mm -hmm. so do you think missouri will try to go back to those like touch passes to love it that were pretty successful or do you think they'll try to pivot away from that and use those as decoys more it did feel like this past game was a little more north and south than normal and i still think there is some value to doing lateral stuff just at least maybe early on like again i'm definitely not some kind of offensive genius but sometimes i do feel like uh, maybe (laughs) i do feel like there is some value to stretching out the field laterally and kind of making the defense run all over the field and like kind of tire them out a little bit or make them feel like they we've got to cover the whole field here because missouri's going to use it and then kind of go north and south on them when you feel like that's been established i i don't know if that's what the purpose is of those plays but i think there's always going to be some value to it but it does feel like we've kind of like strangely like almost relied on it mm-hmm. like made that the priority mm-hmm. but i think it's just should be used to kind of mix things up a little bit yeah i love to see missouri continue to do what they did in this game just no nonsense north north and south um really be intentional with your fakes and you know in the routes you run and kind of, you know be intentional with how you bring in the defense and yeah um those and maybe it really was just south carolina not playing well and that and so those things kind of stood out and were exposed a little bit more than they normally feel like they are but whatever they were doing against south carolina i'd like to see them continue that well i think the opportunity is here against kentucky to move the ball on the ground um i wouldn't be like uh, schrader ran the ball 22 times against south carolina mm-hmm. that's like i'm putting the over under at 20 carries for him in this one and i would like to see cook involved in a similar way as the past game as well um Kentucky's defense is solid, but not scary, especially their defensive line is young and hasn't been super productive. I think the stars of their defense are the linebackers. They have two linebackers, their top two tacklers, and they each have a sack and an interception on the mm-hmm. season. Yeah. So they're kind of do it all linebackers who kind of plug the holes. Yeah. And I think that could be problematic for Brady Cook's like rushing game especially after he shown on tape last week how successful he was at doing that uh South Carolina they they I mean he's done it all year so South Carolina has should have known that he's capable of it they yeah. didn't look like they knew he could do that right I think at this point Kentucky will be ready for that and they like you said have great linebackers you can get to the edge probably faster than Brady Cook can and if they feel like that's coming so um 
yeah, that, that, that could be problematic. Man, it really just feels like two pretty evenly matched teams. And now I could be, look like an idiot for saying that if Kentucky, you know, I think they're Kentucky, this Kentucky team at their very best beats Missouri at their very best by probably a touchdown. Yeah, that's probably fair. But, um, yeah, Kentucky's offensive line has definitely been their strength in the last couple of years. A lot of those guys have moved on. Their offensive line is not as scary. Um, it's kind of probably just kind of come down who bet who executes better. Who I mean, that sounds really Kyle. Who executes better? I mean, I would guess so. Yeah. Okay. It's gonna come down to some fluky turnovers, like you know, just who can be who can protect the ball better. Because I really do think it's gonna be pretty even. Yeah, I think. Um, I said that I think Kentucky will have more success through the air, but I think Missouri's defense can use that. I think Kentucky will feel comfortable just having Will Levis drop back and air it out. And so Missouri has to be able to turn that into big plays on the defense. And then if Brady Cook can uh, keep the ball safe on his end, um, I I think Missouri can be right there at the end. I think it might be an ugly game. Um, probably we cannot count on no turnovers from Missouri offense. We cannot count on as few penalties as we had last game. But I think Kentucky is uh, susceptible to the same things. And I'm ready to make my prediction. Okay, let's hear it. I'm thinking Missouri wins this game, and I'm actually giving the same score as I predicted last week for South Carolina that didn't, did not come true. I think Missouri wins a game 20. Actually, I can't remember if I said 20 or 21 last week, but I'm predicting 20 to 19. Wow. Harrison Mavis, game winner. 19. You love picking that. Okay. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. You think it's going to Missouri be Missouri win? wins. You'd picked, uh, you picked – Missouri beat South Carolina last week, and I did not. So congratulations to you on that. Thank you. Thank you. I believe in them. Yes, you did. Um, yeah, give me a win. I think Missouri wins. Give me 24 to 20, Mizzou. And if they win, they're almost certainly bowl eligible because they will just have to then beat New Mexico State. Yep. So they basically, if they want to be bowl eligible, they have to beat New Mexico State, and then they basically have to win one of – Kentucky or Arkansas or Tennessee yes (laughs) they could beat Tennessee and also that would help towards bowl eligibility I'm writing that off okay spoiler alert for whenever I think next week whenever we play Tennessee uh it would be very nice to be bowl eligible before the Arkansas game for sure I 100% agree and I I at this point I don't know that I would have said it two or three weeks ago but I feel like Kentucky is a more winnable game for Missouri at this point just based on how we match up so then Arkansas yeah 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 I could see that um I feel like this team maybe figured something out against South Carolina it just finally all came together um hopefully they're not riding too high off that win uh but I think coming back home and seeing the packed out stadium I think that the juice will be there again and I just I just hope that that wasn't a sort of like we just blew everything in one week. Yeah. Well, you know, we did mention the how Drinkwood seems to have the secret formula for whatever South Carolina wants to do. He's True. Won, he's won 
four he's four and zero against South Carolina in his career, and that includes one game he played them at Appalachian State mm-hmm. when he was there in 2019. So he is four and zero against South Carolina. Missouri is four and zero against South Carolina in the last four seasons. Uh, I have kind of enjoyed seeing South Carolina meltdown this week. I don't know, yeah. maybe after I watch some South Carolina content on Twitter, it's been serving it to me, which is just fine been seeing like interviews with the coach and he's talking about how he doesn't want to make any staff changes and stuff i mean we literally like we went in there beat the socks off of them in their own stadium and now they're like kind of figuring they're like re-examining who yeah. they are as a team and yes. it's, i love it what is our future here yes, now exactly all the fans are like wanting changes and it's oh man mm. it's good to see someone else there yes <laughs> <laughs> all right we're predicting wins it's going to be close, though. Don't be surprised if they lose, but I think they'll be right in there till the end. If uh, if Brady Cook regresses majorly, then all bets are off. It could be a rough one. But if he just controls the ball, plays sound football, make a play here and there, we'll be right in it. Bruce Cameron, you ready for us to pick the rest of the SEC games? Oh, certainly. I'm pretty sure I did terrible last week. I tried to make a move. It backfired completely. Last week. Rip to a real one. Cameron got three points. Kyle got five. I got four. Guest pickers got five. Not as bad as I thought. That's not too bad. Yeah. So our season totals this are. This is bad. <laughs> Cameron has 44. Guest pickers have 54. Kyle has 57. And I have 59. Ooh, gaining a little ground. Getting close. I'm 10 points out <laughs> of third place. Pour one out for you. Tyler picking this week? Tyler is our guest picker this week. Welcome back. We got quite the slate this week. Mm. There could there could be a ruckus in the standings mm. this week if I'm not careful, I guess. <laughs> All right. First game is Florida at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a three-and-a-half point favorite. Tyler pick Florida? As do I. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, give me Texas A&M. I hate doing that. Okay, I'll take Florida. I just want to catch one of you. Looking like it'll be you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. Next up is number one Tennessee at Number three, Georgia. Georgia is an eight-point favorite. What? Uh, this game's been marketed as number one versus number one because Tennessee's number one in the college football playoff rankings and Georgia is number one in the AP poll, which once the college football playoff rankings come out, the polls are irrelevant. <laughs> they kind of always are, but yeah. it's always interesting to see those initial rankings. It is. And how, like, oh, yep, actually, Tennessee's the best team in the country. Like how they're valuing the teams and yeah. stuff. Man, I picked Tennessee to beat Alabama, and they did. Um, could I go for the the double? Yeah, I mean, if Tennessee... Eight-point favorites, man. I, I don't know about that. Yeah, Georgia at home. Mm-hmm. They're going to be... What's, I, I won't try and convince what you. What else is out there? What, what are you guys doing? I... I even so bad, I get to say last, I think. Okay. I decided. Uh, Tyler takes Tennessee. I'm going to pick Georgia. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'll take Georgia. I'll say it. Okay. I'll go Georgia as well. <laughs> oh, man. That's going to be a fun game to watch. 
Mm -hmm. I, I haven't had there haven't been that many other sec matchups this year like uh tennessee alabama was one there was like i have to clear my schedule and make sure i can watch this game yeah this is another one yeah it's gonna be fun actually give me tennessee oh. i change i switch <laughs> you picked georgia yeah and i picked georgia yeah yeah i'm fine with that i think probably i i think i'll kind of be rooting for tennessee though I just think Georgia's going to be like, we should probably be number one. We're playing at home. I think they're going to come. Georgia has just not been super impressive. They kind of just do what they do, but. It's the Georgia defense versus the Tennessee offense. Pro yeah, I mean, what is this? The best defense versus the best offense mm -hmm. in college football? Mm -hmm. well, you know what they say. Defense wins championships. They sure do. Oh, yeah. well, this is not a championship game. Uh, what? It's basically the SEC East championship. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Next up is Liberty at Arkansas. Arkansas is a 13 and a half point favorite. <laughs> yeah. What? I said uh, we're going to follow up uh, Tennessee, Georgia with Liberty, Arkansas. <laughs> uh, yeah, give me Arkansas. Me too. <laughs> Liberty is like 7 and 1. You know Malik Willis or whatever his name is doesn't play there anymore? Well, they're not bad. I'll pick Arkansas. Tyler takes Arkansas as well. I'm done picking against Arkansas. <laughs> the other top 10 matchup is number six, Alabama. At number 10, LSU, Alabama is still a 13 and a half point favorite. I didn't know LSU was ranked that high. Yeah, uh, that's, I don't know. Uh, Alabama for me. Yeah, Alabama by a million. Alabama all around. A mm -hmm. million, though? Yes. That's. A lot. Yeah, they're Alabama, it's they're doing the classic thing where they're on the outside looking in right mm -hmm. now, but it doesn't matter. Is that the classic thing? That's well Saban's like they're either go undefeated or they do this. They lose a game and then they go, oh, and Okay, they're still good. Yes, now we have to just win everything else and just blow everybody out. And they have motivation now. Yes. Okay. Either both scenarios end in them in the national championship game. Okay, uh, real quick, I, maybe I shouldn't bring this up like publicly with an audience, but uh, Saban, this is his last year, right? Yeah. I saw like one tweet about it, and Wait. then I saw nothing else ever after that. From I can't remember who would have tweeted that. He's just trying to get the team fired up, you know. Is that out there? And then it'll be like, yeah, never mind. I mean, I, like, I feel like that would be a huge deal. And I've heard nothing about it since that first tweet. Uh, I'm not seeing anything. Okay, well, I don't know what Ooh. that tweet was. It was from like a... A reputable yes, person? Yes, like Yahoo Blue Check. Hmm. Pre-$8 payment. Wow. I was going to say, you can buy those now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, credibility was real. <laughs> he says... He's in, he doesn't think about retiring okay. uh, or something. That was in the, the end of July. Wow. Okay. I probably shouldn't have said that on this podcast. Well, I feel like all I the Alabama fans. But maybe it was from you. <laughs> yeah, it Kyle was. got us all excited. Like, <laughs> it was. Nick Saban's retiring. <laughs> <laughs> He's 70 years old. If you search, if you just Google Nick Saban retirement, it says his career ended in 1971. <laughs> Nick Saban? Yeah. That's yeah, not true. That seems inaccurate. 
Well, it looks like that's when he got married. So maybe Google's <laughs> making a joke there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, we all picked Alabama. Everyone's on Alabama. Yeah. Do you think that game and the Arkansas game are both 13 and a half points? Which one do you think is actually closer? Uh, Arkansas. You think? Liberty going to? Mm. I disagree. Okay. Okay. I guess I'll write that down. We'll probably forget that <laughs> that happened. <laughs> I'll write that down, he said. <laughs> Next up is Auburn at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a 13-point favorite. Mississippi State. Mm-hmm, I agree. Yep. Done picking Auburn. We're done. You failed me for the last time. Except Harson's gone. True. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have that uh, new in, coach in, bump. Entering, coach. yeah. Entering coach. <laughs> yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> okay. They're done. Everyone's on Mississippi State. Oh, wait, wait. Missouri wished they would have just beat Auburn and they would have fired him right the then. Kick. <laughs> Gosh, we'd probably we'd be bowl eligible, basically. Wow. Yeah. Maybe next year. No, yeah, we won't play him for a while. South Carolina at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. South Carolina is a seven-point favorite. Vanderbilt. I'll take South Carolina. Yeah, me too. What's the line again? Seven. Okay, sorry to ask. Uh, <laughs> where's it at? <laughs> Pay attention, Kyle. Vanderbilt. Tyler picked Vanderbilt, I heard. Yeah, he did, actually. Rumor had it. He oh, said, yeah. might not be wise, but got to make some moves. Uh, who are you picking, Cameron? South Carolina. This other Cameron? Sorry. You have any, you have any other here? questions? <laughs> that will probably be it after Who's that. playing? I haven't picked yet. Okay, uh, give Go me on. South Carolina. Yeah, me too. Oh. Uh, you can switch. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm not. I'm not gonna win. This Did you do something? Competition. You picked that already. Yeah, I picked you South do Carolina. Something? I picked South Carolina. Who's right. Nebraska playing? Freaking Minnesota. Minnesota is a 16 point favorite. That's a lot of points. I think Nebraska covers, but Minnesota wins. Row the boat. Is that a Minnesota thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say that. Yeah, everybody's on Minnesota. Oh wow. Sad times. Yeah. Remember when Nebraska was like actually making games close and I'd pick them every week and I'd lose every week? Yeah, I missed that. Yeah. Give us some pretty points. Seriously. Well, that's it for this week. Okay. <laughs> that I was, was actually uh, that was a great week, actually. That's that was some, some good games. And I feel I feel like a lot of the weeks have been pretty dull this year as far as like pick them goes. Yeah. yeah. You're just you're just picking too many wins. It's just we're boring you at this point. Yeah, are you winning? This whole thing right now? Mm-hmm. Because Nebraska's bad, so I don't have to pick them. Oh, that's right. That's right. How, how, if I pick them every week and they lose, I'd probably be like five, six points down right now. Maybe you figured out a new strategy. Nebraska Maybe. be bad. Yeah. <laughs> you finally realized it. They had to fire their coach for you to realize that they're bad. Yeah, I don't think that was the case. But. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> is that it this week, Kyle? Are we done? Are we done here? Yeah, we're done. Time to go to work. Big game. Big game against Kentucky. Fill up the stadium. Be loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan DeMore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Lewis Hernandez, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks. Thank you. You say that with the same like perfect rhythm like every time. 
Gotta um, get it down. Get in rhythm. Get in the rhythm. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. My favorite thing about you guys doing the outro when I'm not here is just seeing what you're going to do for this part. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>